they? Elliott, off to the races. Can they catch him? No, they can't. Touchdown. Samuel cuts it back. Ohio State wins. Haskins spreading out, sets up deep. Over the middle. Touchdown, Buckeyes. Fields has time. Watches downfield. It's Olave. He's got a touchdown. Ohio State. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the QB Draw. A little bit of a different uh, episode format for you today because uh, John and I, you know, usual co-host, kind of got our... Uh, well, we just had really uh, busy schedules and couldn't find a time to work this week. So I'm going to do my own little segment at the end. But the main attraction this week is uh, John is joined by uh, professional Wisconsin writer Drew Ham. Uh, was kind enough to grace us amateurs with some uh, insight on the Wisconsin program, the direction that they're headed, and uh, basically why Paul Chris should be fired ahead of uh, – uh, tomorrow or i guess when you're listening that's today's matchup with the badgers um i'll do a quick little segment at the end just sort of giving my thoughts on the game what i expect to see what i hope to see um and, and also just sort of my thoughts on wisconsin in general um but yeah that's really uh that's all i have to say right now uh so i'll hand it over to john and drew and i'll talk with you guys at the end of the episode uh enjoy the segment i, I think it was really good hey everybody uh we're Starting over a, a new segment here, uh, kind of start to talk with uh, some guests from other schools within the Big Ten and in the world of college football. Uh, so today, today I'm joined uh, by Drew Ham. Drew, uh, if you'd like to introduce yourself. Well, hey there, everybody. I'm I'm Drew. I have uh, been covering the Wisconsin Badgers in various capacities for almost a decade now. Uh, some of you may know me from Bucky's Fifth Quarter. I'm currently uh, out on my own, writing a newsletter called Badger's Ball Knower, where uh, where one thing is for sure, we we know ball there of all shapes and sizes. Happy to be here to talk uh, some Buckeyes and Badgers football. So yeah, we really do appreciate you joining us today. Um, you obviously have been a fan of uh, Wisconsin for a number of years. Uh, it's been an interesting rivalry of sorts. And it's one of those things where it's like from the Ohio state side of the ball, like doesn't matter when we play Wisconsin. It's like my brain always goes back to 2010 and like, it doesn't matter what the records are <clears throat> and throw them out. And like, you know, that's why even with Wisconsin losing to Washington state earlier this year, like I, I really don't think I learned anything from that. And like, the path to victory for the Badgers kind of looks the same. It's just like, um, but, but walk me through some of your experiences this year as a fan and like what, what your overall vibe is entering this week. Well, first Ohio state fans are so hilarious to me that you only think of 2010, which mind you was 12 years ago. And also the last time Wisconsin beat Ohio state. And that's the, the, the only one you can think of and not uh, the eight straight wins. Otherwise, you guys, uh, you guys are a different breed. I'll tell you that. Um, as far as the vibes for this team this year, I don't know. The, the loss to Washington State was extremely disheartening. It was at home. Uh, the offense looked not great. And even the defense, which has usually been a, a standout unit, top five in the country for the past five or six years, couldn't get a stop at the end to stop a, a middling Pac-12 team from uh, from winning a game at Camp Randall. 
Uh, I am among a, a growing number of people in the Wisconsin Badgers online arena that is kind of just sick and tired of Paul Christ. It's uh, the same shit every year with him. Sorry, I don't. Am I allowed to curse? Yeah, on your no, podcast? you are more than allowed. Okay. <laughs> yeah, we we actually encourage it. Encourage it. Yeah, perfect. Yeah, it's the it's it's the same shit every year with him. He uh, he's not against change so much as he won't change until it's like three years too late and like everything has passed him by and he makes the change, but now it's already changed again. And so uh, I just I'm at a loss with him. Like, I I think we keep just bumping into the same ceiling with Chris at the helm. And I don't think it'll ever change until he's not the head coach. So, yeah, it is interesting you bring that up, right? Uh, Because obviously all Buckeyes fans for the most part and all of our listeners are, are, are deeply sick in the head. Um, And, and uh, as a result, like, I I do think we, we have commonality in that, right? Like we have uh, this ceiling for both of our programs that we perceive. And of course the Ohio state ceiling is kind of ridiculous, right? Like it's, Oh, well, why can't you win the national championship every year Um, versus like, you know, the Wisconsin ceiling being like, ah, you know, like, let's, we, we really want to get back to that Rose bowl and we want to get back to playing in, you know, playing in the playoff. That would be a great, great goal for you. But like, I think too, like, yeah, it's interesting. Like we've been my, from my perspective, having been a fan for since the early two thousands, right? Like it's just so like, it's gotten to a point with Ohio state football where it's just like so soulless in a lot of ways, like we're like mentally, I'm always going back to like when I was, you know, it was 12 years ago, like that, but that loss still stings so much in my head. Like I had family members that were in Madison that weekend for a, like a family wedding. And like, they, they had no rooting ties one way or the other, but like they went to game day and like saw that. And like, so that's why it sticks out in my head. Um, But like, yeah, I mean, like, like you said, like, Paul Christ from, from an outsider's view, he's just, he's not flashy, but like, you know, and that's, that's kind of the tough thing, but then you've got like very exciting parts about this team. I think Braylon Allen is like one of, if not the best running backs in college football right now, Um, at least very much. So last year, you got Graham Mertz who like, we can always go back and forth on Graham Mertz, but I think at the end of the day, like he's, you know, that, that game against Illinois will always stick in my head, like where he had like one of the best passing outings in college football history. And um, so, yeah, it's, it, it's really interesting, a really interesting season. And I think from the Ohio State perspective, obviously, I think you enter week one um, thinking that like beating Notre Dame was like really ultimately impressive. And, and who knows, it might be like a, a good win at the end of the year. But then when Notre Dame goes out and rolls over against Marshall like you really have like there's an existential moment right here and and you you've got like the defense right on the defensive side of the ball uh Ohio State you know letting up big plays against Toledo that's those are concerning points for me uh as a fan and just knowing the brand that Wisconsin brings to the table and knowing that they're bringing Braylon Allen to town and he's just a monster uh it it it, I think it's going to be a lot closer game than people are are leading us on to believe I, I would, I would tend to agree. I, I don't think Ohio state will cover the spread, but I also ridiculous. 
Yeah, I I also don't think it'll be a one score game either. I think I don't know if you do predictions at the end, but let's get the prediction out of the way right now. Like I, yeah. I think Ohio State Ohio State will win by 10, 14. Yeah, I was messaging somebody earlier this week um, about it, and I said it's probably going to feel a lot like Ohio State games last year, where it's like, oh, you know, you might pull out early, and then, you know, the defense just falls asleep sort of at the wheel, and, like, it it, it ultimately does become a close enough game. I think 18 and a half points for, like, like a Big Ten, Big Ten rivals, regardless of how, you know, was how Wisconsin played against Washington state, like I, in, you know, I, I think that's kind of ridiculous. Like, I, I think it should be a, like the, a closer line would be like 10 and a half. Like, I think at that point I might feel comfortable taking Ohio state, but 18 and a half is a lot. Like that's, it's, it's difficult to beat a team like that. Um, you know, with, with certainty, you know, if, if I were putting money on the game. Yeah. And, and Wisconsin is just a team for, for all of its faults, they rarely get blown out. So even though they'll they'll lose to teams that are better than them, as like they'll lose to Ohio State, to, to Michigan, to whoever, but it'll yeah, it, it would never be by three touchdowns. Like they're they're always at least on paper in the game, even if it might not be that way on the field. And I think too, like a lot of it does come back to like how Wisconsin plays football. They play solid defense and they ultimately like their, their ideal game here, I think, just kind of comes down to, like, keeping C.J. Stroud off the field, right? And it it's like the three yards and a, and a cloud of dust offense with Braylon Allen just pounding the ball and Ches Malusi, who's also a really good back, pounding the ball down the throat and, uh, you know, taking up that time of possession and controlling the clock and, and field position. Um, so that that's ultimately what also I feel like helps – uh, keep regulate regulate the score because Wisconsin's likely not going to tr- turn the ball over a hell of a lot um, unless you know Graham Mertz gets <clears throat> wild with it. But uh, but yeah, I mean, I- I'm curious. It's it should be an interesting game, I think, for both teams to kind of figure out where they're at. Um, you know, uh, as an Ohio State fan, it's like one of those things where if Wisconsin wins, I get to I told you so, Ryan Day, and if they lose, then. Uh, <laughs> Uh, we learned nothing. Um, and that's, that's where we're at. It's, that's how I, it's a deeply miserable fan experience at the moment. You know? Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's funny that you bring up like a uh, Wisconsin style of play because for years and years and years it is, you know, they've got enormous Midwestern farm dudes on the offensive line and a running back cool hit you in the mouth for three quarters. And then in the fourth quarter, all of a sudden, those four yard runs are now eight yard runs and then a 40 yard run. And even with Braylon Allen, who is, yeah, like you said, an amazing talent, uh, the Badgers have actually been throwing the ball a little bit more this year and having more success through the air and kind of weirdly should against Ohio state for sure. I think try and establish the pass first to open up the run because and I was talking about this with a, a Wisconsin buddy of mine that Wisconsin is, you know, nine times out of 10 going to lose this game and they can either lose it in like predictable plotting fashion, or they can try and sling it around the yard a little bit and see what happens and catch Ohio state off guard. And maybe that's the one out of 10 times they win or 
they lose, they just lose by another touchdown than they would have lost by otherwise. Well, yeah, I think, I think you bring up an interesting point because I think from a defensive perspective, Ohio State has, you know, has been very solid against the run this year, which is different than last year. Uh, but they've been, you know, if there are areas of weakness, you know, that they, they let up three big plays against uh, against Toledo, right? And they let up mm-hmm. their, their cornerbacks play has been, uh, pretty wishy-washy thus far through the season. So I do think that there's a, there's a proof of concept there where uh, if you attack through the air to then just slow everybody down a little bit or, or you know, just get everybody a little bit off balance, and that's when you start to d- dash in uh, the run game. I, I, I think that's uh, – and like you said, like, you know, at some point you'd love for Paul Christ or for, for other people in college football to kind of take a moment and say – you know, like you say, like 90% of these college games are kind of like predetermined in a lot of ways. Like if you, if you go out and play the game that you know, you've played for 10 years, right. You're, you're going to likely lose. There's a 90% chance you lose, but like, why not just flip it, flip the script on its head and try and play in a, in a more exciting way. And like, cause like you said, like, you know, if, if you win it, you're, it sticks like I'm still thinking of a game from 12 years ago. Right. Like, and you know, that it it just, you get that win and that's a program defining moment for you in a way of, uh, cause quite frankly, like the big 10 West right now looks pretty open. Right. I mean, Minnesota's looked real good and you know, it's other, but you know, we know Minnesota football. Yeah. I, I will not, I will not abide any, uh, positive thoughts on Minnesota on this or any other podcast. So uh, they they stink. They ain't played nobody. That's, everybody yeah. in the everybody in the Big Ten West stinks this year. It's a, a shameful division of losers. But you get to you get to a Big Ten championship game. You know, like that's those are things. Sure. Somebody's got to win it. Yeah. 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 And and then you look back at like what's it twenty nineteen uh, the the Big Ten championship game there where at halftime it looked like you know the Badgers were doing yeah. the damn thing and. Um, but man, what a game that was. I, I enjoyed that game. Um, it was the first and so that, time. Oh, I, go ahead. I, I was going to say it was the first time I'd watched uh, Ohio state football in front of my like soon to be in-laws. Um, and it was a bad game to be watching with them for the <laughs> first time. Cause you're like, Holy shit. The, like the world is riding on this game. And uh, you know, I, I have to <laughs> behave like somewhat of a normal human. Being. Right. You don't want to look like an unhinged lunatic. No. Yeah. <laughs> they now know that I'm an unhinged lunatic. So yeah, uh, for sure. Too late. But, we, yeah. yeah. We, we all are. That's uh, that's part of the deal, but that, that game speaks to my point about changing up the offense a little because that first half of that game was the best uh, version of Wisconsin's offense as like Wisconsin's offense as it's traditionally known could ever be. They're playing against one of the best teams in the country and they were kicking ass. It was 21 yeah. seven. Uh, Jonathan Taylor looked great. Jack Cone ran in two touchdowns. It was absolutely bonkers. And then halftime happens. Ohio state, makes an adjustment or two and the Badgers don't score a point in the second half. And it's just like, yeah, uh, just try something new. Like over these last eight games that Wisconsin has lost to Ohio state, a lot of them have been close. Like a couple have gone into overtime. A lot of them have been one score games. It's like Wisconsin can play with Ohio state to an extent, but then there's always like a, 
the next gear that Ohio State can take it to that Wisconsin can't match. And so you have to come with something other than like, we're going to just run our stuff and we're going to try and beat you. Cause you're not like Ohio state's got more talented players and their backups are probably more talented than a lot of Wisconsin starters. So you got to try something weird. And if you don't, then, you know, okay. Wisconsin loses by 10 to Ohio state on Saturday night. And everybody's like, ah, another close one. We'll get them next time. No, we won't. Wisconsin, no, nah, you won't doing the same stuff. So. So I guess that's an interesting point you brought up earlier where like it's, it's a different sort of different, it's not your granddad's Wisconsin Badgers team. Right. And I think the way the, the thing, the game that that was most apparent, I think was, you know, obviously that Washington state game, I thought the offensive line, it, it looked like they were going through some growing pains in some ways, like, like, uh, which, you know, is obviously going to be crucial. Uh, the, Ohio State's defensive line thus far has been pretty solid and, and getting Graham Mertz that time or creating that time in ways that are that, you know, make this whole thing possible. You know, you, you really want to attack like linebacker defensive back uh, against Ohio State because uh, they're still they're still pretty shaky. So um, but like on the defensive side of the ball, uh, you know, just doing some reading on the team, it looks like you've got some pretty solid corner depth that 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 was created sort of by uh by the the transfer portal um have you been you know where where on the defensive side of the ball do you think you you feel uh the most confident for the for the badgers um so the the defensive backfield is greatly improved from like a a talent standpoint i would say but uh they haven't been able to stay healthy uh one of wisconsin's starting safeties Hunter Wohler uh, is out for the game. Uh, pr the presumed number one cornerback hasn't played in the game yet this year, and I don't think will play against uh, the Buckeyes. So th there is some talent there, but they again, they've lost two of their key guys and against a team like Ohio State that's just going to have, I don't even, you know, four or five blue chip wide receivers that they can roll out there. Once you get down Wisconsin's depth chart to like the now what the fifth cornerback might be out there on, on occasion, like that guy's not going to be able to cover Marvin Harrison or, you know, Marvin Harrison jr. Or anybody. So I, I think still the, the front seven is what I'm, I like most about Wisconsin. Uh, Nick Herbig as like an outside linebacker, rush guy is uh, supremely talented and he'll be he'll go pro after this year he, he'll be in the nfl uh his br older brother is already playing in the nfl he's an offensive lineman and then a uh, nose tackle keanu benton is one of my one of my favorite badgers in recent memory he's a, another guy who's going to go pro after this year uh he's more than just like a, a space eater even though he is a big dude he can he can get after the passer a little from that nose tackle position and uh, if he is able to keep CJ Stroud guessing from there I, and provide some push up the middle, because I, I know Stroud, I was reading some article today, I forget by who, that was talking about how Stroud has improved his throwing like outside the pocket and on the run this year, because, you know, he's not a, a running quarterback. So getting some pressure up the middle to try and make Stroud's life a little more difficult would be important. Um, but then... The, the inside linebackers are, are good, but unproven and playing against 
Ohio State will be uh, different than anything they've they've ever done. N- neither of them, neither of the guys who are uh, <clears throat> in the two deep even have played against a team like Ohio State. So the the defensive line and then and Herbig on the outside will need to harass Stroud. Um, hopefully force him into a turnover or two. But again, that's, I think, asking a lot because unless you are hitting him while he's throwing, Stroud is highly unlikely to to turn the ball over. So the, the defense is, is really good. Again, there's some unproven pieces that could get exposed a little. This is kind of a, a trial by fire game for uh, some of these players. So I think later in the season, this game will help against your, you know, Big Ten West opponents since they've kind of seen the best the conference has to offer. Playing Spencer Petrus doesn't look so intimidating, if it ever did. So uh, I think uh, it'll be a a fun challenge for Ohio State, too. Jim Leonard is always up to the challenge of playing the best teams, and he'll try and – he'll want to prove that his defense can hang with one of the best offenses in the country. So – We'll see. From from a fan perspective, you brought up a name that I wanted to bring up there. Uh, from a fan perspective and somebody who covers the team, is Jim Leonard probably your your ideal next head coach for, for the Wisconsin Badgers, or, or would you want to dip into the well again and try and find uh, a different style head coach? So, yeah, it, it's, it's tough because if Chris were to – you know, get fired, which he won't unless like Wisconsin doesn't win another game this year, or he decides he's just done with coaching in a year or two. Leonard's not going to stay on as the defensive coordinator. Like he's either, he's the head coach or you hire somebody new. And then that person brings in their guy for defensive coordinator. I, I love Jim Leonard. I think he's a great coach, but it's, it would be more of the same. Uh, unfortunately, like I, I don't think making him head coach changes the ceiling of the program in any significant way. Uh, Cause it'll, I don't know who you're going to bring in his defensive coordinator behind him. Maybe you make Bobby April, who's our outside linebackers uh, coach and uh, ace recruiter, make him the defensive coordinator, but then you'd need probably a different offensive coordinator. My, my ideal choice for head coach is Lance Leopold uh, oh, yeah. from Kansas. <clears throat> he uh, he's from Wisconsin. He was a GA at Wisconsin a long time ago. He led Wisconsin Whitewater to multiple national titles. So, like a lot of colleges, Wisconsin likes to keep stuff in the family and whatever. So while he's not in the Wisconsin family per se, he's you know a Wisconsin guy that would be easy to sell to a lot of our more conservative boosters who wouldn't want to see, you know, PJ Fleck or, you know, Lane Kiffin or a guy like that coaching the team. So that, that would be my ideal choice. I, I know that would mean that uh, Leonard would move on either to the NFL. I know he almost took the Packers defensive coordinator job last summer or to be a head coach somewhere else. And I, I think if we want to try and make the playoff or do anything more than win the big 10 West, it's a, a swing you got to take, or we can just be like, we're fine winning 10 games every couple of years and winning the big 10 West four out of 10 times, maybe. So, well, it, it, I, I do think, like you say, like, I think it's an interesting 
opportunity you put yourself in to like be essentially in play for a Big Ten championship uh, game just about every year. So you, you have almost the opportunity to put the put the foot on the throat a little bit and, you know, accelerate yourself to, to make, basically make sure you're always in that in that Big Ten, because it doesn't seem like the Big Ten West, at least for the coming years, like until maybe they're going to have to redo. I would think they would, they're going to have to redo the, the conference or the division alignment. Right. Um, I mean, aren't, aren't they just going to get rid of divisions eventually? Yeah. And it's just going to be like, but yeah, the, I mean, you, with that said, you do kind of want to put yourself in a as position as a program <clears throat> where you are elevating yourself so you can get clear of the, you know, the Michigan States and the, you know, the rest of the existing Big Ten West to help compete with USC. I was going to say UCLA, but I, I don't think anybody's worried about them. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, but UCLA has a higher ceiling than any team in the Big Ten West. That's like, true. Just in, in terms of holistically, they're just they have more going for them than any other team in the division. But you, but you're right. Like if they scrap divisions or they they realign and switch things around, like if they scrap divisions, say Wisconsin is instantly no better than the fourth best team in the conference on their best season like Michigan and Ohio state are better. And then Penn state is usually better. And, you know, Michigan state with Mel Tucker, like, I think he's uh, a fraud and they're yeah, not going to oh, be yeah. that. You, you could say that, you could say that big <laughs> and loud this week. Um, yeah. We, we've, we've got to address Mel. Uh, you know, it, it was so appropriate that uh, he, he dove into NFTs. He's yeah, that's hilarious. <laughs> um, but just like really just emblematic of, of really like the fall of, of 2021, where it's like Michigan State football on top, uh, NFTs are on top. And now like we're in the fall of 2022. And uh, whew, uh, the, uh, <laughs> the contract that they've given him thus far has not paid dividends. I know he's a recruiter or, or whatever. But uh, boy, oh boy, that performance against Washington was was stinky, especially for a team oh, with like, real aspirations too. Yeah, that was real bad. I was uh, I was embarrassed for them, and uh, I mean, happy that it happened because you know Michigan State is stinky and they deserve to play in stinky games. But yeah, I, I, but even sometimes you know Michigan State can surprise you and have a really good season like last year, and so like you said that's where Wisconsin would be and that would be their ceiling. So unless if they don't change anything. So I know that there's a lot of resistance to change in, in Madison and with the, the boosters for Wisconsin and just in a lot of the fan base in general. Um, And I I think that's just kind of, I don't know if, so I'm not from, Wisconsin, but like I consider it a a home still. But I, I think it's just like a maybe like a, a Wisconsin characteristic where you don't want to be too flashy and like you're doing pretty well and like that's good enough. So it's kind of like that's what Paul Christ is. He's doing pretty well and that's good enough when I think it could be better. Now are you from Philadelphia originally? Is that is that uh where you're from? 
And so yes, a birds fan living now. Do you you live in Wisconsin now though, right? I I uh, recently moved. I live in outside the Twin Cities, so I'm in Minnesota. Okay. Nice. And yeah. so the Eagles beating the Vikings on Monday night was uh, hilarious and awesome. I was gonna say, you know, being a being a birds fan in uh, in you know, in Wisconsin, I, I like, I, that's a culture clash right there. Right. Like you say, like the, uh, you know, not want to be too flashy. Uh, like that, that is not a, uh, a Philadelphia thing at all. Uh, we, we love the birds. We love, uh, Philadelphia fans. What a phenomenal fan base of, of people. And like you said, could not be more in contrast to the average Packers fan, you know? So, a quick uh, funny story. My my first game as a freshman, uh, first home game, I don't 100% remember who they were playing, and I wish I had looked it up, but I think they were losing at halftime, and it was like a non-conference game. And as they're running off the field, I'm booing in the students section, and nobody else is. Everybody else is like politely applauding the team off the field, and I'm like, Oh, like, I, I guess we don't do that here. It was just like, it was, I don't was just like, batteries so in your pocket. Didn't want to throw, right. I was, field, like, throw uh, cheese curds at Barry Alvarez. I was just like, come on, we got to tell them that they're not playing well enough. And everybody's like, Oh no, they're doing great. They're trying their best. Just uh, yeah. Really, really interesting stuff. But uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, do you have any closing thoughts kind of on what you're expecting to see tomorrow? Uh, it will be released tomorrow. Uh, so game game on Saturday for Saturday. Um, do you have any closing thoughts? Yeah, I, I just, I want to see Wisconsin go for it. Like I want to see them try to win and not try to make the score look good. Like I, I don't care if Wisconsin loses by seven or if they lose by 27, as long as they like, they were throwing the ball and Chris makes like the correct decision on fourth down when he should, which he, he doesn't always do. And, and he won't because they didn't get one against Washington state and he took the complete, whatever. I don't want to get into that right now. We're, we're closing. I, I'll get real angry, but yeah, I, I just want to see him go for it and try and at least, I don't know, be aggressive and not just be like, we're going to play our game and that's good enough to beat Ohio state. Cause again, it very clearly isn't. We, we know that for a fact yeah well uh we really do appreciate having you on and again this is drew ham from the badgers ball knowers uh that's that's, yeah that's uh feel free to check him out uh great guy great listen and uh we're looking forward to having him back at some point yeah for the big 10 title game preview yes (laughs) absolutely we'll we'll talk to you in december all right thank you thanks all right, it's uh, Ezra back on the mic for you guys. I hope you enjoyed that segment with uh, Drew and John. I don't have too much to say. I won't uh, keep y'all's ears too long. But uh, Wisconsin is down three defensive backs in this game, um, somewhat like Michigan State last year in 2021. Um, you know, they, they can't do much for the air as per usual. Graham Mertz uh, from sort of – uh, you know, early returns this season and a lot of last season isn't the savior that uh, a lot of people, myself included, uh, expected to be for the Wisconsin quarterback position. Um, he is just not uh, that great from the looks of it. Um, I'm sure me saying that will uh, end with him lighting up Ohio State for 350 yards or so and four touchdowns. But, uh, you know, 
fingers crossed on that, I guess. Um, so this is not a game I expect Ohio State to really be in danger of losing. If they are, I think that's an issue. Um, but I, I do think it's a good testing game for specific parts of Ohio State. Um, Wisconsin has an excellent front seven. I, I'm excited to see uh, how the Buckeye rushing attack and offensive line does against that. I think it'll be a good opportunity to see how much it really has improved from last year. And by the same token, on the other side of the ball, uh, Braylon Allen is maybe the best running back in the country. And um, I really want to see how the defensive line and linebackers fare against him. Obviously, the uh, rushing defense was the weakness of last year's team above all else, uh, which is saying something because the 2021 Ohio State Buckeyes had quite a few weaknesses. Um, but I think if they can really stifle uh, the Wisconsin rushing game like uh, Ohio State is used to back in, uh, you know, 2014, 2019, um, a lot of those games where Wisconsin came in with a vaunting, vaunted back and Ohio State really shut them down. Um, if they can put up a performance like that or even just, you know, pretty good, you know, hold them around three, four yards per carry. Um, I, I think that's a really good sign for this defense um, and, and what Jim Knowles has done. Um, Jim Knowles, or Ryan Day, I believe, says he expects to uh, Larry Johnson to cut down the defensive line rotation, which is great news for Ohio State. I think there's a lot of, uh, or a few guys who maybe shouldn't be in the rotation who are in it right now, and that is correlated with uh, drives where other teams have had success on the Ohio State defense. Um, I'd like to see a Denzel Burke back, uh, bounce back game in some capacity or short of that, uh, maybe see Jordan Hancock on the field if he's back. Um, so apart from that, I don't have much. I think, uh, I think I'm agreement with Drew that, uh, Paul Christ is not the guy for Wisconsin. Um, I don't think they'll go anywhere that they haven't already been with him as head coach and probably not even back to that if I'm being honest. So um, that's really all I got for y'all today. Go Bucks. Um, let's see how this game goes.